Hey, uh, welcome today and uh, welcome to spring. We've just clicked over to spring. Uh, the sun is shining and um, blue skies and some clouds in the skies you can see in the back there. Uh, last time I did one of these, um, it started raining on me. <laughs> so hopefully we won't have any of that today. We've been doing a series called Help Holy Spirit. And uh, this is the sixth week uh, in that series. And uh, just to recap a couple of things that we've been talking about regarding the Holy Spirit, that he is our helper, uh, that he is part of the Trinity, that we need to have uh, a, a desire for him, uh, that relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, that the Holy Spirit was very much a, a participant uh, in the salvation of, of humanity, that yes, Jesus went to the cross um, and he took our sin upon himself. And, and we're very familiar with the role of Christ in, in our redemption and in our salvation. But the Holy Spirit was very much a part of that uh, uh, moment in, in history that forever changed the world, um, where, where the Holy Spirit who dwells in us is the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says. So we talked about the Holy Spirit's role in, in even our salvation. Um, Luke talked about the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean to be full of the Spirit? And those are messages that you can go back and uh, have a look at. Uh, today, we're going to talk about kind of the fruit of the Spirit. And I say kind of because... We want to have the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about what that actually is in, in a moment and when we look at uh, Galatians. But we're actually not going to talk a whole lot about the fruit of the Spirit because living out, the, having the fruit of the Spirit in our life is actually, actually a secondary thing to something that's far more important, that if we get this other thing right, then actually the fruit of the Spirit starts to be lived out in our lives. And uh, so we're going to be talking about some of that today. And one of the things that I've already kind of alluded to that we've just been seeing over and over and over again is just how much the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are working together. Uh, they are linked together. They're intrinsically connected and they're inextricable. You can't separate out the Father from the Son. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from the Father. They are they are one. They are inextricably linked to the earth. God in three persons, but they are so connected and so linked with each other in harmony, in unity uh, with each other. And and we're going to have a bit of that uh, in our conversation here today as well, just talking about, about the fruit of the Spirit, but really, how do we get to that place? And we're going to see again how it's not just the Holy Spirit operating and, and moving in our lives in isolation from the Father and the Son. But no, actually, it, it's all ministering together. So today we're going to be going through um, Galatians chapter 5, and it's going to be a, a bit of a, a walk through uh, right through to Galatians 6.15. So we're going to be covering some verses today, and I'm not going to read it all together right now in one chunk. I'm going to go in bits and pieces and, and pause in certain spots as we learn about, ultimately, how do we live? 
How does the fruit of the Spirit operate in our lives? How do we get to that place? So let's start with Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now just hit pause there for a moment. If that was all that we heard today, if we could do that, if we could walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh, then this message is over. If we can wrap our heads around that right now and and understand that and live that out, then the rest of what we're going to talk about today um, doesn't really matter because it all comes back to that point uh, of what we're going to be talking about. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Another version will say so that you are not free to do whatever you want. We've got the, the, the flesh desires, what we want to do, what my pride wants to do. When I'm so self-centered, those things that I want to do, the Bible says is in, is in conflict with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but we have this conflict that's always going on, don't we? There's the things that I want to do. There's the things that I I should do. There's the things that I shouldn't do. And there just seems to be this constant battle within us. It's like, does that battle ever end? Is it ever over? Do I ever just get to live a holy and righteous life all the time? But I guess we can take encouragement from from the Bible to know that even from 2,000 years ago when this was written, that we, they still had this issue where there's this constant fight. There is this conflict with each other between what our flesh desires and with what the Holy Spirit desires. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you into into sin it's not going to lead you into things of death but of life things that are life-giving and then he comes the the flesh list the flesh desires list that that paul was writing to the galatians the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. Now, we may look at that list and go, well, some of that is just like so far away from me. That ain't me at all. Uh, There's probably a couple of ones in there that that we would probably go, yeah, okay. Maybe maybe there's been some jealousy in our life at, at, at times. Maybe not today. But maybe you know what it is to, to be jealous or envy. Maybe you, there's something in you and, you and you see your neighbor driving a nice, bright, shiny new car. And you look at that car and go, man, that's nice. I wish I had that. Why does he have that? I should have that. That's in. So maybe we don't like tick all the boxes for all those things that I've just listed. But maybe there's a couple on that list that kind of puts us in, the, in this 
basket of what of what Paul's talking about. So there's these major sins that we ought to go, man, they're horrible. But then there's some kind of smaller ones uh, there as well. And the fact is there is no such thing as a major sin or a minor sin. It, it's all the same. It's all the same sin. And one of the contexts behind Paul making this list is because of the church in Galatia, they're in this battle. The church in Galatia uh, is seeing these Gentile Christians competing or being called to account by those who were Jewish and had become Christians. And so what happens and what was happening is that there's this discord going on within the church between Christians. Now that doesn't seem like that would ever happen, right? But even then, but even back then, even still then, 2,000 years ago, and sometimes we see it today, don't we? We see discord, we see jealousy, we, we see things going on. And, and the things they were arguing about were things about Gentile Christians not living like the Jews used to have to live. And uh, we can get a little bit more into that as well. But Paul makes this list specifically identifying these things that were going on in the churches in Galatia. Next verse. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, all that list, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I certainly don't want to live like that. I may have moments of that. I may have moments of envy or jealousy or some of those other things as I'm looking at the list. That there may be there may be moments where I where I see my that that's flesh desire what the flesh desires to do and say I may have moments of that, but I don't want to live like that. I don't want that to be my life. I don't want to just bow down to those things and go, well, that's my life. That's what my life is going to look like. That's what I want it to be like. No, none of us want to live a life like that. Next verse here in verse 22 is the fruit of the Spirit. Let me read those out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, the message today is supposed to be about this, is about the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and we talked about there's a word there called forbearance, which is actually patience, uh, is, is another word that we've often used there. The fruit of the Spirit is what we want to be lived out. Those things, as opposed to that other list, this list sounds pretty good. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. That's the life I want to live. That's what I want my day to look like. That's what I want my experience to be. Those things, not the other things. But how do we get there? How do we get to that point where those things are the normal and not the other things? It's interesting to note that the word fruit, but the but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I don't know if you've ever been driving and you see all these sheep in a pasture and you can go, oh, look at the sheep. And we know that that's a plural term, but we also know it's a singular term. We can see a sheep and go, oh, look at the sheep. Now, my sentence hasn't changed. And the, and the word sheep, I didn't say sheeps. 
And it's the same with the word fruit. That can be used in a, in a plural term or it can also be used in a singular term. The, the way that Paul writes this is that it's a singular term, that the fruit of the Spirit, one fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's, it's one fruit, all working together, all characteristics, if you like, of what it is to be living by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. These are characteristics of that life that we have through Christ with the Holy Spirit in us. And then Paul says, against such things, there is no law. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So now we're actually going to start to talk about how do we actually live that life? How do we live the life with the fruit of the Spirit being evidenced in our life? What does that look like? How do we go from, from living from that other list to, to this list? And Paul's about to start giving instruction to us on how we actually do that. And this is actually where we start to see not just the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but also the work of Christ as well, working together so that we can live out that life. I'll read that verse again, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, one of my favorite verses um, is Galatians 2.20. I want to read that out as well because it's going to give us a little bit more context as well uh, as we as we talk about this. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh. It's, it's no longer I who live, Paul saying earlier in this same book, but it's Christ who lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit more because Paul brings us out in a really special way later on. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with Him. Let, let's not get ahead of Him. Let's not race off and do our own thing. Let's not try and pursue our own things here. But to, to keep in step with the Spirit means we're going to go at His pace. It means we're going to go at His timing. And that's a hard one for me to go go at his pace and his timing because I, I can get a bit impatient sometimes. I can get excited about things and I, and I just want to go and do things now. I want to start new things now. Uh, but sometimes that's just not appropriate. Sometimes you just got to slow down and wait and keep in step with the Spirit. And a pastor friend of mine uh, used to say, and he probably still says it now, he says, uh, you know, God never, God is... God is never late, but he sure misses a lot of opportunities to be early. That is true, isn't it? Well, sometimes we just wish God was a little bit earlier, but he's perfect, his timing, and mine isn't. And if it was about my timing and maybe about your timing, we'd, we'd be um, wanting things far, far way before 
uh, it's appropriate that we would have those things that God wants to do and lead us into. So let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited, verse 26 says, provoking and envying each other. Now, so we, we shouldn't boast about this life that we have through the Holy Spirit uh, because it's not our doing. It's all him. So for us to not become conceited, why would we become conceited if it's God doing all the work? Uh, why, why would we be prideful when we know deep down that we did nothing to, to earn any of this, that we did nothing to achieve any of this? It's, it's, all, it's all him provoking and envying one another. Why would we do those things? Because that life that we have and this life that we're talking about right now, we, we can't manufacture it. We can't do it. We have within ourselves this flesh desiring to, and always in conflict with what the Holy Spirit desires. And, and so we're not going to win that battle by ourselves. We need the work of Christ and we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in us to, to do that. So there's, there's no reason why we should be envying each other and provoking one another and becoming conceited with each other because I didn't do it. I, I didn't get this life. I didn't make this life that is so wonderful through, through Christ. I, I didn't do it. Not, and not, neither did you. Neither did you. Neither did you. So there's no reason for us to become prideful in those things. Chapter 6 of Galatians. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, then they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's pause there on verse 8. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There's this conflict again that Paul's referring to. There's the, there's the what I want and there's the what the Holy Spirit wants. In verse 9, a well-known verse, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Can I just encourage you today? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't become weary in doing good, thinking, is this doing any good? Just keep, just keep doing good. Keep, keep stepping it out. Keep walking that out for at the proper time we will reap a harvest just don't give up keep going get some people around you if you need to and pray and, and be strengthened uh, but don't don't give up keep choosing keep choosing to follow 
the Holy Spirit. Right now, choose to follow the Holy Spirit, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, to, to walk by the Spirit. Later today, same decision if you need to make it again. Make that decision again. I'm not going to stop following the Holy Spirit. I'm going to keep choosing. Follow the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you continue to lead us and guide us? Making that choice regularly just helps us not to become weary and, and to quit and to stop, but to keep walking that out. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity to do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who were circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circum circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. This is going back to what I was saying before when Paul was, the reason why Paul's writing this letter is because of this contest, this uh, dissension in the church where there's those who were Jewish have become Christians. So now they, they live by Christ and not by the law of Moses. And you have these Gentile Christians who never lived by the law of Moses. And then the Jewish Christians are saying, we, we, you need to, to do at least some other stuff from the old law in order to be, to be right with God and, and to be like us because we're, we're the more special ones. And so this is the stuff that Paul's addressing. He's trying to, to talk about some of these things that they're being told that they should be doing. And Paul's addressing it right now, saying that this is not about the flesh. This is not about works. And this is not about anything that you do. Our salvation is all through Christ. Our salvation and our freedom and our, our, our redemption from sin it is not because we're taking the cross and something else that we're, we're having the cross but it's in somehow that it's not complete so that we have to do a couple of other things in order to to be more holy or to be more righteous and so Paul is saying no don't do any of that stuff it's all about Jesus it's all about the work of Christ and, and not about this and then verse 14 may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I want to finish there on that verse. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. There's three crosses referred to in that verse. There's the cross of Christ, that Paul says, may I never boast except in his cross, except in what he has done, not in what I've done, everything about what he has done. And he says, through which the world has been crucified to me. In other words, the world has nothing to offer me. Not in, not in regards to my salvation, not in regards to me living this life that we have through Christ. The world has nothing to add. The world has nothing it can give me the world in that sense is dead to me and then he says and i to the world 
and I have nothing to offer the world. I am crucified even to the world. I have nothing of myself that I can give the world that will make this world a better place. The only thing that I do have is not from myself. The only thing that I do have is actually Christ himself. And that is worth offering to the world. It's not what I have to offer. It's Christ in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so that's if we have anything to offer. And that's what Paul's saying. May never boast in anything except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we can learn to live that way, when we can learn to live, and this is a journey. I say learn, but this is a, this is a lifelong maybe learning process. When we can learn what it is that I seek nothing from the world, that I don't need anything from the world, and that I have nothing to give to the world. Everything that I need, everything that I receive is, is through Christ and what he's done for me. When I start stripping that stuff away, when I start removing things, when I start removing envy and jealousy and, and moving that stuff out of my life, here's what happens. Then we start to live by the Holy Spirit. Then we stop seeking after other things and, and then we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. When I start, when, I, when I'm dead, so to speak, when crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live. When I have no agenda, when I have none of my own wants, when I have none of my own pride, when I have none of myself that gets in my own way, then the fruit of the Spirit comes through. Then we're living by the fruit of the Spirit. And, and what the flesh desires is no longer in conflict with what the Holy Spirit desires. And when, when we're in step with him, when we're walking by the Spirit, we will automatically see the fruit of the Spirit being lived out in our lives. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the life that we get to live when we get out of the way. And we let Christ have all of us. And we let the Holy Spirit live, dwell, be led by him, walk with him. We will see that fruit of the Spirit that so many of us want to live that way. God bless you. Bye-bye.